Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about how to talk to kids about COVID and, and kind of just the differences in the, the worldwide pandemic and what's that, what that is doing to um, the families that we care about. Um, and to do that, I have brought on Jen Daly. Hello, Jen. Hello, Martha. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. This is a weird time in our lives. It is. It certainly is. Um, yeah, and and I um, first discovered you on um, uh, the Notable Women um, page on Facebook. Um, our mutual friend, Kristen, uh, started that, and you have been posting videos on there that I personally have found so helpful. Um, and so I, I thought my listeners might also find it, find it helpful to hear from you. Um, and we will certainly link in the show notes to your page so that anyone listening who wants more, um, can go watch your videos. Cause great. Great. Thank you. There will be more. Yes. Um, before we get started talking about the worldwide pandemic, um, let's hear a little bit about your background. Sure. So I, um, first things first, my first job ever was being a mother's helper. Um, and I got paid $25 for the whole week and wound up being basically attacked by a monster for a week. Uh, so that was my first, my first job. And yet I loved it because the times that were fun were like really, really awesome. So that was, uh, and you know, I was a camp counselor and I was a nanny and put myself through graduate school being a nanny. Um, and I think at my, at my heart of hearts, you know, when I was in third grade, I wanted to be an architect and I'm terrible at math. I have something called dyscalculia, So it makes it very hard to do math. And my, um, third grade teacher said, well, Jenny, if you want to be, you know, an architect, you got to be good at math. And I looked right at him and I said, well, then I'm not going to be an architect. (laughs) And I like found out that there was this job where there were like grownups whose whole job was to like play with kids and help them feel better. It's like, you just play all day long and like talk about feelings, but you're playing while you do it. I'm like, sign me up. That's for me. (laughs) So, uh, I loved being a nanny. I loved being a babysitter when I was, when I was younger. Um, sometimes I still think about like, yeah, I really enjoy being a therapist, but sometimes I actually just want to play, right? Like, I don't want to deal with the heaviness. I don't want to deal with all that stuff. I just like, I, I like this family. Can't I just, I'll just move in. (laughs) Right. With some of my families, we even joke. They're like, can't you just move? And I'm sure let's do it. Yeah. You know, but uh, so so my my heart is with really being, you know, embedded in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like that's kind of like my model as a therapist. Like I'm, I'm part of the family and, you know, I'm part of the conversation. And um, yeah. so it's that's, you know, at my at my core is that's where I come from. And that's where I will always be, you know, a part of. Yeah, and I, that's so lovely, and it's very lovely for me to hear as I'm on a similar journey of um, having been a nanny and and now in grad school to become a family counselor. So, um, I, I really enjoyed hearing that journey. Great. Um, yeah. So now getting into worldwide pandemic, I've I've been seeing a lot 
when I look at the Facebook groups for nannies and things like that, and just talking to my friends that are nannies, um, about nannies and everyone, but particularly nannies feeling really tired right now and unmotivated or like they're just treading water, like progress isn't happening with their kids the way that it, it was. Um, can you, can you talk about how grief might manifest into some of those types of, of feelings? Yeah. So holy cow, are we tired? Yeah. Right. Like, so parents are tired. Kids are tired. Nannies are tired. Therapists are tired. I think every single, just today, just the sessions I had today, every single person was talking about this deep bone weary fatigue and tiredness and like lack of motivation. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to assume that, that most of your, your listeners are, you know, people who are really thoughtful, um, you know, good citizens trying to do what they can to like stay home, shelter in place, social distance, wear your mask, like do whatever you need to do. Right. And we're freaking, it, it's like, I'm so tired of doing it. Right. right. And there's like, there's so much loss. Right. So where I live, I'm in Western Massachusetts. We've been doing this for eight weeks. You know, today marks the beginning of week nine. We probably have, you know, another at least six weeks before there's some semblance of normalcy really again. Right. Um, at least. And right. it's like that we've lost a lot. Right. Yeah. So our kids have lost, you know, like um, they've, they've lost all these normal ending processes that happen in this in the springtime for schools or preschools or daycares. Right. Um, parents have lost who who they know themselves to be in a lot of ways. Um, I'm going to I'm going to make an assumption that a lot of folks who are nannies are working for families where the parents are very career oriented mm -hmm. and they're really driven. And they're used to going at 150% all the time, mm -hmm. right? And so on the flip side of that, now you might still be nannying and the parents might still be trying to do that, but maybe they're like also doing that like on top of you. Right. <laughs> and like, why aren't you 150% all the time also, right? Like yeah. this really intense space. Um, and like you're, you know, being a nanny is weird because you're in the family and of the family, but you are not the family. Right. Um, no matter how much you all love each other and get along and how wonderful it is, there's still that, that piece of it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of sadness and grief and sadness and grief manifest in not feeling motivated, in um, feeling really tired, in feeling like um, nothing tastes right, right? Like the, yeah. the, the flavor of life is off. Mm -hmm. And like, even the stuff you like to do, like, I like, I don't know, I like to do like embroidery, but it doesn't feel satisfying right now. It's just like a thing I'm doing, right? Yeah. Cause you got to do something. Yeah. Sometimes even to me, like colors feel more muted right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when I'm looking around, like I, I went on a walk to like search for beautiful flowers and they were beautiful and they're colorful, but it just like, didn't hit me in the same way. Yeah. That it yeah, it's does. like the, the, all the like, the like really good juicy stuff that like normally you can just sit there and like revel in it, even if it's just for like a second, right? Yeah. It's not the same. It's no. just not the same. And that's all part of the grief because you can be, you know, in a really joyous moment, right? So here you are, you're a nanny, you're with your kiddos right now, and you guys are like making the most epic fort and having this wonderful imaginative battle of like, you know, good guys versus pirates and the whole thing and like really having a blast and like really smiling and laughing and giggling. And it's still got this mask or this veil of sadness over it. Yeah. And like we have that as adults, right? The kids have it too, but they don't have a freaking clue that that's what they're dealing with. It's just there. Right, right. And they don't have the language or the cognitive abilities to really understand it yet. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, so there are two, maybe even three, maybe unlimited, but three that I want to talk about points to that of like, so self-care for the nanny is important, I think. I find that I am sleeping almost 10 hours on the weekends. 
per mm -hmm. night. Like I really, um, my, my dad commented, he's like, we don't hear from you very much on the weekends. And he was like, not, that's not good or bad, just an observation. And I was like, you know what? I'm really like being protective of my weekends mm -hmm. of not taking on like anyone else's stuff mm -hmm. of like the weekends are just Martha's stuff. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. Um, but, but it's, I found it to be very, very important for yeah. me. Um, but then, yeah, that, that, that child piece. So there, there were so many changes like all at once for kids Yeah. of now nanny and parents are home together and like my schedule, you know, maybe I went to daycare three days a week and now I'm not doing that. We can't go to the playgrounds like we used to be able to. Um, like food is different right now of like when you run out of blueberries, it might be longer until mm -hmm. you get more blueberries than it used to be. Things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like this conveyor belt. It feels like, um, like that, uh, Lucy, I love Lucy sketch of like, yeah, yeah. That is, you, you, and you're never going to catch up. Right? right. And chocolate's wonderful and it's joyful and it's this great thing. And then it's just going and going and going and going. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> That's a great image. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it feels like that. Um, and so, so how can, can nannies help like hold space for the, the big feelings of all these changes that are taking place and, and might get brought up in the kids that we nanny and we can see it, but it's not manifesting in like, Hey, I'm feeling sad because. Right. <laughs> right. right. So one, I want to, I want to remind everybody of what our obligations and priorities are, right? Cause this is really important for self-care. So your first priority is to yourself, right? Right. And then to your family and then to your job. Yeah. Right. So like, and I listen, when you're a nanny, like you can give your whole heart to the family and they can get, those kids can give their whole heart to you and it's still a job. Right. Right. So you really do have to take care of yourself first and then your family and then your job. Yeah. Right. So first I just, and that's a hard thing for us to hold, especially like, you know, there's like something that started happening in like the early eighties where like you had to maximize everything all of the time and optimize, 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 and be this wonderful, productive being. Right. Right. But like what happened to the seventies when we could like hang out, right? Like, you know, corporate rating and all of that, but like, we don't, we don't have to be that in our jobs and being an nanny is still a job, right? It's not, it, Right. So like, and it's, it's one of those career paths, one of those jobs where those boundaries can get really confusing, mm -hmm. but holding really good boundaries for yourself is that first step to being able to help support these little guys with really big feelings. Right. Right. So if you don't have the boundaries for your own space and your own health and well-being and your own boundaries, it makes it incredibly difficult to be present and hold that space for, for, for our kids. Yeah. Right. So wanna sometimes kids say stuff or like acting in a way and you're like, I am not qualified for that. <laughs> right. Then I'm a therapist. And so it's like, I, I'm not qualified for this. Right. Yeah. But, and I've been doing this like 20 years or something ridiculous like that and can still have that instinct, that impulse. So to just validate, right? Not make their feelings or their temper or their meltdown or whatever, not making it wrong and really just validating. Mm -hmm. And validation, when you don't know what to say and you have no idea what feeling, feeling they're feeling, but it is clear that there is some sort of upset that this kid is dealing with, just saying, I know this is so hard, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to have an answer. You don't have to say, but we got to get going, but we still got to get our socks on, right? Like not right. the, this is so hard and, right. right? It's not an and statement. It's not an or statement. It's not a but statement. It's a full, complete, 
whole validating statement of this is so hard, mm-hmm. right? And I think you'll find that if you can just hold that one validating statement and not add any other agenda to it, right. you'll find that the kids will start, like their whole energy will start lowering and coming down. And I don't, I don't know if you know about the zones of regulation, um, which is a, a OT, occupational therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, sensory integration, social skills kind of concept. But we have these, these four zones, blue, green, yellow, and red. You can imagine what those different zones might be, uh, emotionally speaking. But when a kid is in like the red or yellow zone and they're so melting down and overwhelmed and can't handle it, a validating statement from a trusting adult that is free of agenda other than validation brings that energy down really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that in practice, but it's really nice to know the theory behind it. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's so hard to just leave it there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I will say, and I say it all the time on the podcast that nannies have the gift of time, right? Mm -hmm. So parents, Um, and other caregivers a lot of times are balancing, they're juggling their jobs, they're juggling kids, they're juggling all these things. Nannies, our job is to spend time with the child. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and that's really lovely. And I feel like one small gift in all of this is that we're not running out of the door to get anywhere. (laughs) And so those, cause I find that those types of meltdowns often happen when we're like moving from one thing to another, to another. Yeah. Transitions are hard. Transitions are, are like these little, like, uh, you know, pain points of loss, right? Like I was playing with my Legos and now I have to put my shoes on to go somewhere. I don't really want to go or like brush my teeth or something terrible like that. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but like th- that is a little loss and that little pain point of loss can like release the flood of emotion right now. Yeah. 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 And so I, I do think that, yeah, just really like validating statement and just sitting there with them mm-hmm. is probably one of the most powerful things you can do right now. Yeah. 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 That's really great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. And like, you don't need anything other than this is really hard. Right. Right. This is so hard right now. Yeah. I just listened to, um, Brene Brown has a podcast, Mm -hmm. um, and she was interviewing Harriet Lerner and, um, about apologies. Mm -hmm. And in a similar idea, Harriet Lerner said that the, for children, an apology with no like follow up or like logical breakdown is the most important thing to model for children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a similar thing of like the apology is validating that the adult did something wrong. Yeah. And then just leaving it. Yep, that's right. Yeah, just like, Mama, you're yelling, or, you know, Miss Martha, you're screaming all the time. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's powerful, but it's hard. It's hard to do. Yeah, it's so hard. But (laughs) but I'm stressed and I have all these explanations and justifications and excuses. And I'm, uh, my shouting was was valid. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. For the children, especially, you got to just own it and sit in it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... There's also, kids are feeling really scared about mm-hmm. this virus that, that even as an adult who is like trying my best to understand, I also feel like I don't, I feel like even scientists don't really understand yet exactly what we're dealing with. Yep. And so um, are, there, are there developmentally appropriate resources for kids or how can we talk to them about the virus with information but not scaring yeah so i mean at this point you know we've we've been doing this a long time now so kids do have a a a certain amount of information i think um the way i've been phrasing it for kids who are say like mm, six or seven and under is that when when we get sick we stay home from school or preschool or whatever right right 
But there's a sickness going around right now that so many people have that everybody has to stay home. We're having a whole worldwide sick day, right? <laughs> and so, you know, when you're sick and, but you're like sick, but you still have to stay home for an extra day, but you like feel kind of good. So like you still do a little bit of reading or playing or whatever, but you can't go out places. It's like a whole worldwide sick day. And kids really get the concept of sick day and not getting others sick. Right. Um, and, you know, as, as things are starting to open up, right? Like there, things are going to change. So we're going to have to be able to like talk to kids about wearing masks, mm-hmm. right? Because children are going to have to be wearing masks. If they're, if they're going to be allowed to go out places, they're going to have to stay away from things and not touch things, right? Right. If, if any of the kids you've ever worked with or any of your listeners have ever worked with or anything like me, I am like a touch monster, right? Like I touch everything in every store, right? Like I was the kid who would like run away and hide in like the circular clothing rack just because it was a cool fort, right? right? But like touching everything everywhere, you know, like rubbing my face on the escalator rails, right? Like that, that level of stuff. So it's going to be really different and the kids are going to feel our stress about it. So one, we got to talk to the kids about like, no, we can't touch anything. So let's keep our hands in our pockets, right? Let's pretend we're holding a baby bird um, or something, you know, like hold the chick in our hands, some way to help them really understand where their arms need to be. Mm-hmm. But I think every grown up who's caring for children is going to have to think long and hard. Is it worth bringing my child to this place right now, knowing that I'm going to have to be controlling and harping on them? Right. Right. right? Like, cause you're, you're going to have to be mm-hmm. right. So if you're going somewhere and you really need your kid not to touch stuff, and you've got maybe a sensory sensitive kid that you're working with that doesn't like hand sanitizer or washing their hands or something like that, then you've really got to consider how worth it is this outing that we're going on. Yeah, that's a really good point. And also consider what kind of nanny and and parenting philosophy you have been using. Cause there, you know, there's certain, like, if you're, if you're working in a rye household, like that's, you're going to have to lay some more groundwork for, I have to say no to more things right now to keep you safe. Right. Than I usually do. Right. Um, so, and just knowing that being just out in front of that, the child is not bad or different for having those impulses that the situation has changed. Absolutely. Pre-teaching and being proactive is totally key. Yeah. Right. So it, I mean, you know, this kids are amazing, right? Right. They're so (laughs) resilient and they want so much to please us and to do the right thing and to take care of each uh, others. So when they're trying their best and they make a mistake, if we harp on that, that's hard on them. Right. If, we pre-teach them and really give them the tools and then give them like reminders of how to do that and fun games to play around that. So like, I I don't know if you know the book, stop dog, stop, go dog, go. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know a lot of families who live in big cities where that's where, that's how they like walk around the city. So they, they're, you know, the grownups with them, the nannies with them don't have to, you know, constantly hold their hand or say, wait, 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 wait for me. You got too far ahead. Right. So that they can play. Stop, dog, stop. Go, dog, go. Right. And play really bringing playfulness to it. Yeah. Um, and you can do that with like touching stuff like, uh, you know, let's pretend that everything we touch is gonna, you know, is, is too hot to handle. Right. Like yeah. like playing hot lava or something like that. Right. Um, so really bringing a playfulness to it will help kids. One, know that it's not so super scary. So it brings their anxiety level down but gives you a tool to be in communication with them in a particular way that you're like training them to listen. Right. Right. But not in a stressed out way. So you're not having to say, no, 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 no. Like, let's, let's keep our hands in, in, in our pockets because you know, there's hot lava out there, uh, you know, and, and, and making a game and it's something you can practice at home. Yes. Yes. That's key. I have found success with freeze dancing Mm -hmm. and then taking that out. In oh, the yeah. world. So when we say freeze, um, then 
they freeze in place and like often are statues. And sometimes I'll take it further and like comment on whatever statue Uh form they are so that they get like that attention. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So it's a game that you can play in the household Mm -hmm. and then you can bring it out as a safety measure for and like management measure later. That's a really brilliant like groundwork laying. That's a a really important. And I find it helpful because I transition it from music playing, no music playing, mm-hmm. which is like outside of me, right? Like, right. Um, and then we transition to like freeze tag almost mm-hmm. in the house and then we take it out. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really playing with a concept, right? Right. right? Or whatever, whatever. It, it, it's funny that, you know, we're talking about it in this way. This isn't what where I thought our conversation was yeah, going to go, yeah. but I love that this is where we're going. They've done, they've done some research around how many repetitions does it take a child to learn something? Mm-hmm. And the research is showing that it takes about 10 repetitions of a new concept for a child to learn it, unless they learn it through play. And if they learn it through play, it takes three. Wow. Right? Yeah. So like, you know, you can tell them, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, but you're going to be wasting, you know, like two thirds of your energy there. Mm-hmm. Where if you can start with the concepts through play and then just transition it to different environments, they're going to get it. It's going to be more fun. You're going to have much more ease in your life that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. One more um, resource for anyone listening um, who, especially is working with quite young children, um, preschool uh and below <laughs> um i i found the sesame street town hall about covid-19 to be very helpful yeah um it gave me a lot of language my kids watched it with their parents on the weekend like we kind of all watched it apart and then came back and and were able to use some of that language so yeah yeah that was really great i think um I think PBS is doing a really phenomenal job in general, right? So there's the Sesame Street Town Hall. There's like, you can like go Google Daniel Tiger and coronavirus. And there is an episode like talking about germs. And then there's like the PBS parents tab, but applies for nannies also. And they've got like amazing stuff there. Um, So you really like, as as a central family friendly you know, balanced and thoughtful approach. I think you can't really go wrong there. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. For- Just throwing that out there, if, if anyone is feeling like they might need more resources, um, yeah. more language, um, because certainly, though this is a jumping off place, this will not, this one podcast episode will not be enough. So. It won't? Are you sure? <laughs> I know. I wish it was. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So I think we're all, um, and I, I mean all of us, experiencing like extra meltdowns right now. So both children and adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel myself, you know, when like a slight thing goes wrong, if I like miss a traffic light that I was really hoping to catch or whatever, even though I don't really have anywhere to be, um, you know, like it just hits me harder right now yeah. um, when things go a little wrong. So how can we help kids work through those meltdowns. Yeah, so it's we're we're in a time of great mag- magnification, right? So the things that kids are or us grown-ups are really good at, we are like totally rocking it out right now. <laughs> and the stuff that is tricky for us, we are completely bombing. Yeah. Right? And there's very little in between. Right. So one, like, so we're going to have more meltdowns. I, you know, I get cantankerous when I'm grumpy or when I'm like stressed out, I get really cantankerous and I've been really cantankerous. So for the adults, right. First is to like really notice that that is the emotion that you're having. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like to take a deep breath and just like, kind of like check in with myself. Like, is this worth it? Right. Like I'm like really mad about how my wife just cut the broccoli. Right. Right. Like, is that, is that like a reasonable, am I like, is this worth it? Right. Not like, uh, I'm not justified in being angry because the broccoli's wrong. Right. right. right, right. That's not a winning argument for me with myself, <laughs> but like to say like, is it worth it to engage here right now? Mm-hmm. 
And if it's not, and I can let it go, take a deep breath, let it go. If, it, if, if I really want to engage, right, then, that's a, then I need to put myself in time now. Yeah, right? yeah. So when, when kids are having meltdowns, right, planning ahead for how are we going to handle it, mm-hmm. right? So you're not, you will be ineffective at best if you are trying to teach a calm down skill when a kid is already upset. Right. Right. So once they're dysregulated, so once they're in this meltdown zone, they're like, like their frontal lobes, their neocortex is, isn't really online for like logic and reason and language and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that's that, that is working in that moment is their limbic system, uh, sending out all of their stress hormones. <laughs> So pre- an excellent place. <laughs> right. It's, and, and your, your mind is a really dangerous neighborhood to live in. So, so, you know, pre-teaching. So like noticing, like to say like, Hey, Sarah, I noticed that transitions are extra tricky these days. Right. And I know you don't like feeling that way. And it's so hard and upsetting when it's so tricky. And I know I want to be able to help you with those moments. You know, how about we, we, we practice some ways to, to, you know, shake it out of our body, mm-hmm. right? And I, I find that even kids, even four-year-olds I work with really appreciate knowing that their brains are working in a certain way. Yeah. And it's just their brain response and not like them being bad, naughty, melting down, out of control, right? right? Um, so really explaining and, and working through with them, like, and I've got, I've got videos on my website that explain like what our brains are doing on stress that are appropriate for kids. If you want more language around that, yeah. like we have our like danger filter, which is our amygdala. We have our limbic system, which sends out all of the feelings in our body. And then we have the front of our brain or neocortex that like tells us, uh, you know, gives us words to what's happening. So if that, if we want to change our limbic system, we have to do something to change our limbic system, right? We can't think through it. We can't listen to our parents calming us down through it. We got to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can practice, right, if, if it's like an angry kind of meltdown and you've got like a kid who like stomps and huffs and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. say like, let's practice stomping and huffing right? And really do that together and get really, really silly, like stomping and huffing and, you know, jumping up and down and gnashing your teeth and like, you know, monkeying your arms and all of that stuff and really, really going for it, Mm -hmm. right? And so instead of like trying to like calm down that energy, it's like pushing into that energy until it gets really silly. So practicing it a bunch ahead of time and then like, you know, encouraging them like, yeah, you're so angry. Let's get really angry, right? (laughs) Have you ever, have you ever done the like crying baby thing and then they just won't stop and then you start crying and then they stop and they're like, what are you even doing? Yes. Yeah. Same thing. It just, it snaps them right out of it. Uh, So, so like really playing with that energy with them, but practicing it ahead of time and playing with it ahead of time. So they know what's coming and it's an opportunity for them to shift without having to calm down because it's really hard to calm down as you have all those stress hormones, you know, pumping through your body. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. Um, so we're all working from home together. So like nannies, we often talk about how our office is other people's homes and that, that can get tricky at times. And now our office and their office is also their home. Yeah. adds an even further layer um and and so sometimes we we see parents that are under stress attempt to ease that stress by over functioning Mm -hmm. or under functioning Mm -hmm. both impact (laughs) nannies in different ways yeah um so so and nannies end up having to like fill in for that yeah, whether it's it's the over functioning or under functioning, um, especially I've, I find that nannies end up having to fill in for that under functioning um, yeah. a lot. Um, so if if a nanny is finding themselves suddenly micromanaged in a house, what what are some strategies for that? So that would be the over functioning parent. Yeah. So. Uh, I would hope, but maybe it's not the case, 
that with long-term nannying positions that you have like regular like employer employee conversations mm -hmm. right to be able to like check in on that stuff right right so i would hope that that's the setup and i'm yeah. going to speak to that being the setup because i assume though i don't know that there's some like manual of best practices for being a nanny if there was that would be in it right right like maintaining open communication and reasonable expectations yeah. right so having a meeting where you can like check in and say like hey you know hey abby right like i noticed that you you're you have a lot of feedback for me lately um and I don't, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I'm feeling a little bit micromanaged, right? Is there something going on that you want to prevent me from like, that you're worried I'm going to do, mm -hmm. right? Or like, is this like, you know, a stress response or something like that? Right. So really like, and not coming from like a, you, you need to stop micromanagement me, right? Like being really curious, like I'm noticing, I wonder, mm -hmm. right? So being really um, like direct, but open with your language, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you have a long-term and like more successful, not so micromanaging relationship with the parents that you work with, mm -hmm. I imagine that that's gonna be a winning thing. Right. If you are newer to a family and being micromanaged, you might notice that this isn't a great fit. Yeah. Right. So I do talk to parents from time to time that tend to micromanage when they feel like the person who's in their home isn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. Or if they're like mourning some super nanny that they had and now they have like somebody who's like just not that. Right. Um, or, you know, or, you know, if you're, it, it's hard to do this right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And some people's, when you're a high performing person anyway, you tend to be very controlling and micromanaging because you can see all of these things, mm -hmm. right? So um, I think it's I think it's Bettelheim, Bruce Bettelheim, who's this like child development guy from a million years ago. But he used to embrace the idea of good enough, uh -huh. right? So like being a good enough parent mm -hmm. is actually you. No kid needs or wants a perfect, wonderful, all the time you know, 150% parent, they don't want that in a nanny, they want somebody who's good enough. Yeah. Right, and I imagine if somebody's feeling micromanaged, they might tend to ask their employer more questions than usual, because they don't want to get like laid into, and then the employer's gonna like read that as a like, can you just like freaking think for yourself? Yeah. Or something like that, right? Like yeah. why are you, asking me, like you're supposed to be handling this right now. Yeah. Right, but then when I handle it, you're gonna yell at me. Right. Right. Yeah. And if you are listening and you're like, Ooh, okay. Maybe need to have that conversation. Um, the nonviolent communication episode would be a good one for you to go back and listen to before you have that conversation. Cause yeah. nonviolent oh, communication, non communication. Yeah. yeah, would be, I, I would think that would be the format that you would want to use for that conversation. Um, I'm observing I feel right. Could we try, um, and then waiting for the response. Um, how about how about nannies that that suddenly kind of feel like they're just being like tossed the children and told like good luck, like bye. Yeah. So uh, I think that's going to come down a lot to like what what's your personality and your style as a nanny. Yeah. Right. So if if I like if I was in a position and somebody said like listen like you're just doing this like later out see you in ten hours. Right. Right. Like. Uh, I find that way easier personally yes, than it because I'm like, cool, you're out of my hair. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, if you know, you're going to be there for a certain amount of hours every day or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think all of us have a tendency sometimes to want to make something like bad and wrong and pass judgment on it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a social worker by training and social work always operates from the strengths perspective, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to assume, right, this is like if I, if I was a nanny in this situation where the parents were like, Psh, peace out, uh, you know, later, 
um, and really checking out, like, even if they're like, you know, laying in their bedroom, eating bonbons and watching soap operas, like, right. right? I'm, I'm going to assume that this parent has had some amount of reflection and insight that you are the best person for their child in those moments. Mm. Right. And so if you can reframe that for yourself, like, all right, cool. Like these parents can't do this right now mm-hmm. and they trust that I can, and I know that I can. So I'm going to like, I'm going to be the loving, attentive, attached, you know, curious, engaged adult in their life right now. Yeah. Right. I, I, I've probably heard from a dozen different parents over the past couple of weeks. I never signed up to be a full-time parent. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people, you know, six or eight weeks after maternity leave is over, they're back at work. And their kids are in daycare or nanny or whatever. And then they're in school full time. And, you know, I didn't sign up for, I signed up for like, you know, from like 4 p.m. to bedtime and from like 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Like that's in and weekends, right? right? I did not sign up for all of this and I'm not capable of all of this. Right. And had you told me I was required to be a stay-at-home parent, I would have never had kids, right? Yeah. So like, as a therapist working with kids and families, I'm hearing that all over the place. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. So if, if, if a parent, a family that you're working with is like dealing with that Mm -hmm. and they're checking out and, and handing the kids to you, like really reframing, like, okay, you know, these kids are going to have loving attachment for the next however many hours. Um, and I, and I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's, that reframing is so important. Um, And I I have seen several nannies talk about, you know, feeling really frustrated at going to a house and being like, the dad is sitting on the couch, like watching TV all day. Like, why am I here? Um, And so I think that that reframing is very, very helpful. Um, And, and yeah, and I think it would be completely fine to ask the dad if he could privately watch TV instead of being in your play space. But, but yeah, thinking, so like little things like that might need tweaking, but reframing it as I'm here to provide that safe attachment for right. the child. Um, right. And like, you know, maybe this is a dad who's like used to work in 12 hours a day or something like that. And doesn't have the foggiest idea that even like him being in the living room is like disruptive to the flow for the kids. Right. Right. Um, so you can, you can say like, Hey, uh, you know, can we, do you want us to just avoid the living room? Is there like, should we be up in your room? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is the one play space. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like that's again, using that nonviolent communication and just being able to like, like check in about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really good. Um, what are some ways that, and we kind of touched on it at the beginning, but what are some ways that nannies can do some extra self-care right now? Um, yeah. So if you are currently spending the majority of your time being attached and caring for others, mm-hmm. right? Like you have 100% license to not be on another Zoom cocktail hour with somebody. Yeah. You do not have to be connected with the people that you're not normally connected to. Right. There's like all this, I am, I am a, like an extreme introvert and there's all this, like, let's get together. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want any of the, I don't normally talk to you. Like I'll go on Facebook for half an hour and I'll hang out with you there. Like I normally do, but I'm not, if I'm not normally having cocktails with you on a Friday night, I'm not doing it now. Right. Right. So like really like there are going to be lots of people who want to be connected to you and want more and more of you and more of your attention and time. Right. Children are wonderful, but they're energy vampires, yeah. right? Like I love kids, but man, do they take it out of you, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it is really okay. And I encourage you to like have some real firm boundaries. If you, if you really enjoy Zoom cocktail hours with friends and it's like the best, do it if that fills you up. But anything that you feel like you're doing outside of work that feels like an obligation, right? Right. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do right? it. Like, you're like not like actually just stop. And it's not more complicated than that. People will have their feelings about that. But again, you're not responsible for people's feelings about your boundaries. Right. 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 
So like your, you said your dad like observed, like, yeah, we don't really talk to you on the weekends anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. Like this is, this is a lot right now and I need time to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Me driving home is like the best time for me to talk to you. And that's what I've been doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a, a really good point. And, and I also think, um, nannies often people that are attracted to this career are naturally giving people. So yeah, really checking in on your own boundaries. And we have an episode about boundaries as well. That might be good to go re-listen to, um, or listen to for the first time if you haven't. Um, cause it, Katie Lanneke does just a great job of like laying down what that can really mean. Um, do you have any like ideas for questions of how we can like get curious if we're like I feel off but I I am enjoying the cocktail hours like I I just I feel off how can we like be curious within ourselves about what areas we need yeah so I think I think one of one of my favorite tools is like it's a I don't know I don't know if it comes from nonviolent communication or not actually but it's I feel blank about blank because blank I need one or it would be helpful if blank. right and really like I'm a I'm a big proponent of inside out and those five feelings and only ever dealing with those five feelings because everything else is just a complicated you know mixture of those five feelings right right so really sitting down like if you don't know how you're feeling right just sit down like write out write those like blanks out and so like all right I'm gonna start with uh joy so I feel happy about and then list all the things you're feeling happy about and then like why am I feeling that way like what's my because about that right because it you know I feel uh disgusted on zoom meetings right so I feel disgusted about being on zoom because it's really fatiguing for me to keep attending to people with like it feels like I'm trying to um you know, perform surgery with boxing gloves on, right? As a therapist. So like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm missing so much information. So it makes me feel disgusted and annoyed to like be on more of these calls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I need to like sit down and journal that to really check in on it. Right. Yeah. So my wife will go be on the calls and I'll like be cooking or whatever I'm doing. And I'll be like, Hey, and then float away again. Cause they're not for me. They don't, right. you know. Yeah. They don't fill your cup. Right. But so be Right. So, so doing, I call it the IFAB because uh, I feel about because, so if you do the IFAB, right. And really reflect on that stuff, you're going to start getting really clear about what are the things that are helpful or not helpful. Yeah. That's um, a great way to go about it. Yeah. It's really systematic. Um, and like when you're, I don't know how I'm feeling, I'm not feeling anything. Okay, cool. So you're not feeling anything. So let's just write in sadness because it's one of those five feelings. So I feel sad about, well, I feel sad about like, I don't know, I'll speak for myself, right? Like two vacations have been canceled because of this, right? Right. Yeah. I haven't been on like a, a real vacation in like, like other than visiting in like five years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Both of them have been canceled. Right. The alternative of like getting coronavirus and dying would really suck. And I don't want to do that, right. but I still feel sad. So really just kind of, when you don't know what you're feeling, doing the IFAB and like plug and playing just with those five core emotions from inside out is is super uh, a helpful, systematic and structured way to do it. Yeah. And just go watch that movie again because it's so good. It's brilliant. (laughs) It was, it was like, they wrote it with the partnership of neuroscientists because it really is how, how our brains and bodies work. I love that. That movie is amazing. I love that movie too. Um, And man oh man the joy and sadness friendship really like I was like oh way to drag me inside out like yeah I I do (laughs) ignore my sadness you are correct (laughs) right I do try to joy power through things okay Yeah. yeah and like being an Annie right being somebody who works with kids it's just like yeah I'm stressed out about all these things and like hey guys how's how's it going yeah. Right? Like, I literally, like, grumbled to my wife, like, I don't want to do another freaking Zoom meeting. And then I, like, you know, I'm like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Yeah. 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 
right? That's, that's I, part of being with kids is that you have to like kind of put away your stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the like, you know, when you bring it, you have to remember to bring it back out too. Right. You have to do kind of your homework of like examining your stuff so that it doesn't pop up yeah. um, when, when you least expect it or when yeah. it's, it's super inconvenient because you're also dealing with the feelings, the big feelings of a child. So yeah, yeah I, I love that. Um, and, and I will be probably doing that maybe yeah. tonight. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I have been checking in with how I'm feeling, but I love that like systematic approach to it of really yeah. making sure that I'm touching on all of the feelings. So yeah. that's wonderful. Um, yeah. And then, and then just, are there, are there any other areas that, that you'd like to discuss that you think you have found helpful in your work with families? Yeah, I guess, um, I, I just want to really acknowledge the nannies out there, right? So it is, one, we're dealing with impossible things right now. Like who, who would have anticipated four months ago that we were going to be dealing with a global pandemic, right? And nannies are people who show up for other people, right? Like you're dealing with your own stress, your own worries about yourself and your family and your own finances and everything else that's going on and your own restrictions. And here you are like hopping in your car and like going, going to somebody's home and taking care of their kids, like come what may, whether they're like, you know, parents who are totally micromanaging you or being completely like, you know, oblivious to like what they're doing or not doing or like completely checking out, you're there for those kids, right? right? Like you're showing up for them and you're making a difference in their lives. And that is the most important way that any of us could be spending our time, right? It's like really seeing to these kids um, and being there for them. So I just, I don't, I, I don't think that nannies and people who care for kids get one iota of the appreciation and acknowledgement of like who they are, right? I remember like we had nannies and housekeepers and babysitters when I was a kid and I still think about them, yeah. right? They like leave this mark on you forever. And like, I'm of the age now where like the kids I was a nanny for are now like grownups who are married with their own children yeah. and like still share with me fun stuff that we had done together, right? Like you're, you're making a difference on, on who these little people are for like their whole lives. Yeah. Right. And so it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility. Yeah. And I just want to acknowledge you for you and your listeners for being the people who do that mm. and, you. you know, ma- making that difference. Cause it's a humongous difference. Yeah. Yeah. For my, I think it was my 50th. It might've been my hundredth episode. I interviewed my nannies. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because there were, there are things that I still do that I did not know came from them. Oh, cool. Like I still think about broccoli as little trees. Yeah. (laughs) Like when I eat it and they, they were like, yeah, when we were trying to get you to like eat your broccoli we were like pretend like you're a giant and these are trees and I still like sometimes think that when I eat my broccoli and I had no idea it came from that so and there you know a hundred things like that yeah just these tiny little things that yeah have been left on my heart forever and it's it's really really wonderful um so thank you for that um are there resources that you have found that are extra helpful right now um, I mean, we touched on it a little bit before. I think that the the PBS, you know, website for the PBS kids and parents, you know, particular areas of PBS have so much stuff. And it's really, it kind of, you can tell that it's a little bit differentiated, right? So there's like a kid show on wearing masks and like articles on like, how do you do this thing? And it's just, it's like, there are a bajillion different resources out there. Every, but like, you know, the, the place you bought something from 16 years ago just sent you an email saying that they're there for you, right? There are resources everywhere. Yes. So I'm about like efficient access of information. So like go to PBS. Right. There's also a great um, kids podcast called Brains On. Um, that's like uh, sciencey stuff, but they talk about germs and like, what is a germ anyway? And, and so they've been doing stuff like that. So that's a good resource also. 
Thank you. Um, but I, I feel like the, the simplest thing to do, like just go to PBS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also already in the show notes for you is your Facebook page. So, um, I, I would highly recommend, I have really been enjoying, it's like become part of my like weekly routine to just kind of go through and watch your videos and be like, okay, okay, what, like, what can I take from this and, and incorporate into my day? Like what, what can, what is helpful, um, from this? And it's a lot, a lot of what you're saying is very helpful, which is one of the reasons I asked you to be on here. Um, so that's already in the show notes. If you're, if you're driving while you're listening or doing dishes or whatever, don't worry, you don't have to write it down. It'll be there for you. Um, all of my videos are also up on my website, which is jendailylicsw.com. Yeah, because not everybody has Facebook. Oh, um, so actually, it was my mother-in-law who's like, Jenny, you need to put this on, on, on your website so I can see them too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so, so they're all links, up there also. Uh, both links will be there for you. Yeah. Um, Great. Yeah, wonderful. Well, um, we end each episode with a, a cute, uh, fun story. And I brought one this week. So my, I'm working with two two-year-olds right now and we're really working on sharing. Um, and I, I have one child who her empathy muscles are very, very strong already. Um, and she, so there will be a disagreement over a toy and every time she's the one that hands it over like immediately even if we go and get a timer and set the timer and i'm like you can play with it before the timer's done she hands it over and so um we've just been been working through that and it's so it's such an odd funny experience to be like okay now i'm working with you to not share yeah like no you take this time girlfriend like take this time with the toy enjoy it yeah <laughs> like i'll let you know and i'll deal with your buddy's feelings like i'll deal with her feelings you play with your toy yeah and it's yeah. something that i never thought I would have to do as a man. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so, you never think that that's what you're going to have to do, but we really do have to start even when they're two, like, no, you're not, you're, it, it's still your time. You don't have to give it up if you want to keep playing with it. And like, you deserve time to play too. Yeah. Because it starts that early. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's fascinating. And there are times, because I've mostly been working in the other child's home mm -hmm. and the mom is like, I'm, she's like, I'm glad you're working on this because I'm worried that when my daughter starts, you know, preschool or, or daycare or whatever, like, not every kid is going to do that. And it's going to be like a huge wake up call for her. Right. Nice people are always going to be nice. And like, wh whatever, the sharing is a whole weird thing anyway, because we as adults are not actually encouraged to share. No right? No, like if I'm eating my meal and you want my meal, I don't have to give you my meal. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a weird boundary thing. And, and yeah, we've, we've been working on the language around it. Um, of, because also that's the, the empathy, um, the strong, strong empathy child will also try to share things even when the other child doesn't want them. And right. so, like that's been causing an issue. So it's just, it's so, it's so fun and funny um, to me to be working on, like, I need you to be more selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have good boundaries. Yes. I need you to have, <laughs> I need you to have good boundaries. And so we've been, we've been working on that, but it, it, and it is, it's funny because, you know, it feels like a reflection of me too of like oh okay these are areas that i could have better boundaries so let's all work on this together yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely oh i love it yeah well thank you so much for for taking time to talk to us i i really appreciate it yeah thank you for having me martha this was this was a lot of fun great i'm so glad and thank you all for listening we'll see you in a couple weeks Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. 
Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.